Well, it is our 55th episode. It's Thursday, June the 6th, 2019. This is Connecting Dots. Today on Connecting Dots, we're going to talk about 3M, the minting of millionaire, mature, and monumental mindsets. And um, before I get started, I sat down here and I, okay, got my situation all squared around and I heard the grinder going on down in the kitchen. And um, we have a full kitchen here in the office. We have a full, we also have a gymnasium and we have a rec center and we have a full shower and everything else. And I mean, most people work at a place that is not exactly the most comfortable. And I built this office building with the concept that I spend more time in the office than I do at my house. So people said, wow, you built this like a house. Yeah, (laughs) we really did. You know, you don't have to go to Google and Apple and Alphabet and, and Facebook to have a cool office. You can do it yourself. And we just did it many, many years ago. Anyways, it just is what it is. And we let people bring their dogs in. In fact, I can hear a dog barking down the hall. Even though I'm in the recording studio, that's cool. It's no big deal, right? You don't mind if I don't mind. But I heard the grinder going off. I sat down. I said, you know what? I got a cup of coffee here. It's nice and hot, but I think I could use... A nice, fresh, I know what they're, they're grinding, some kind of a Colombian down there. Had a Kona this morning, and uh, we uh, we brew, we grind, we roast. We get beans in here all the damn time. It's kind of cool if you think about it. But uh, with that, what do you say we get started with today's episode of um, Connecting Dots and talking a little bit about uh, 3M? Are you ready? Yeah, let's get started. It's Thursday and it's time for 3M with Connecting Dots. Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Connecting Dots is sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. Break the mold and embrace the difference. So let's get ready and do a takeoff. Here we go. One of the things at Fixed Cost Financial we talk about all the time with our clients is 3M. It's not uh, one of these silly little things. This is a really meaningful thing to us. One of the things we do with our clients is have meaningful discussions. That's a big deal. A lot of people in the financial services industry talk about a bunch of fluff and puff and everything else. And I've had some people say, well, what you're talking about is kind of fluff and puff. No, it's not. It really isn't because we all need to continually have these meaningful discussions about focusing on what's really important, being aware of what's going on and ignoring 99.99999% of what's going on out there. Okay. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We always say how critical it is to do what you like, do what you're good at, and do what you're profitable and can control. Three things, like, good, profitable, and control. Now, the difference between minting a millionaire mindset versus minting a mature or monumental mindset really has to do mainly with a couple of main components, okay? It has really to do with money more than anything else. So if you're not a millionaire right now, you need to learn how to become a millionaire or you need to continue to do what you're doing to be a millionaire. So minting a millionaire mindset, just so you know, I mean, this is kind of one of those things we talk about with when you're a client, you have access to what we call meaningful discussions. Now, connecting dots is public. 
It's on iTunes. It's on Overcast. Overcast is our favorite podcast player by far and away. And you can go to dots.fm, our website, and you can get extra added information and features that are not on the, uh, the public podcast, which I encourage you to do. But, oh, and also, always remember, never forget this. You want to look at the discussion notes because the outline in which I am going to talk from, in which we do our deep dives or our Sunday shows and videos and, and movie discussions, everything, the, con the, the outline is there. So you can kind of see where we're going. And it's just, uh, you'll go, I wonder where they're going with that. You can kind of see a little bit ahead of time. So the big thing is, if you are, have, or are continuing to build your net worth, well, that's minty millionaire mindset. But the next thing is, the next thing is this. When you actually have money, okay, you've got it. You have achieved financial independence. That's now you're now mature. You now need to have a mature mindset. You see, once you got it, you got to keep it. And then when you want to pass it off into future generations and you want to help others beyond your existence here or even now while you're, you know, alive, fine and dandy, that's the monumental mindset. So, first thing, it kind of has to do with being selfish. You got to be selfish. You got it's got about me, 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 and me refers to who I was yesterday, who I am today, and who I am in the future. And it's gosh, I got to tell you, it's, it needs to be really rationally thought out. It's like the old thing, you know, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. If you believe it, you can do it. Yeah, that all sounds good. There's always going to be limitations in that. I mean, obviously, if you're five foot tall, you're never going to be a center in the NBA. It's not going to happen. But when I talk about rational and irrational, the thing is we all have to accept this. There is a lot of irrationality all the time. And so emotions really affect us. There's no doubt about it. Emotions dominate some more than others and in different situations. I'll make no bones about it. When I was in law enforcement in the 70s and 80s, okay, long time ago, when it hit the fan, I get very hardcore and cold. When it comes to investing, I just don't have the kind of emotions that most people freak out over money. You actually have people who are really good in the world of trading. Okay, I mean, they understand money. They understand how things work. But when it comes to the actual pulling a trigger and making, they can't do it. I had a conversation with, the other day with a lady and we were talking about what she's going to be doing as a physician and she's making some really good money. And she knows that at some point in time she needs to delegate because she really just doesn't want to take the responsibility for investing large sums. So she's kind of comfortable investing two, three, four hundred thousand, but she just got a, a very large contract and she got some signing bonuses because of the nature of the specialty that she's in. But I asked her, I said, you know, do you feel comfortable with a million dollars? And just before I can get out, she said, no, no, I, I don't even want to deal with that. That's what you're going to deal with. I got it. So there's a comfort zone. And some people have really big homes and they like living in big homes. Some people have smaller homes. Some people live in hotels. Uh, it, you know, some people live in motor homes. Some people, you just, there's all sorts. What are you comfortable with? And the reality is it's a lot of it has to do with emotions. So in one situation, a person can be, you know, they drive a, a very nice vehicle. They have nice clothes. They follow a modern minimalist approach to things. They use everything they own and own everything they use. And if they don't use it, they get rid of it. But they live in an apartment or they live in a condo because they like to move around and do different things. So if you judge somebody based upon your perceptions, you might be making some really bad decisions. And that, again, all kicks into emotions. I mean, emotions, again, really affect some people more than others. Now, the other thing about emotions is we have a thing called confirmation bias. 
in which we're always looking to validate our existing actions and beliefs and events. You know, we got to soothe our ego and feel good about things. And it's, again, you know, you can look at something and you can see it completely different. People tend to see what they want to see. And that's one of the reasons, and I'll jot this down if you want, all economics is individual, okay? If things are going good for you, the economy is going great. Oh, yeah, well, big, lots of, lots of unemployment, but that's not my problem. Oh, yeah, well, you know, they, uh, they blew up the World Trade Center. But it's not my problem because I'm here in Newport Beach and the sun rose and I mean, it's just life. I'm going to go to the Grove and, you know, whatever. I'll deal with that when I... I'll pay attention to the news when I get back from shopping. It, economics is individual. I mean, the whole world can be going to go hell in a handbasket, but if you're insulated, you're, you're fine. And the thing is, our moods often govern our actions. So if you're feeling good, things are going really great, and you know the world's going to hell in a handbasket, it's not such a bad world. So being connected and disconnected from reality a lot of times has to do with simply emotions. Now, what we preach about all the time, again, minting a millionaire mindset, is to think before you react. Hit that big pause button, not the reset. You know, reset means you already did something. You can't undo something. Now hit the pause button before you do it. I mean, like you may have heard your mother say, you know, Johnny, it's better to keep your mouth shut and let everybody think you're stupid rather than open your mouth and, well, removing all doubt. That's kind of like my George Carlin. You like that? Johnny, you better just keep your mouth shut. Let everybody think you're stupid. You're stupid looking anyways, but when you open your mouth, everybody knows you're stupid looking and you're stupid in the brain. Okay. Too bad we lost George Carlin. George Carlin is one of those guys where I really do wish that if anybody could live forever, it was George Carlin. That guy was cool. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So again, what's really happening versus what isn't happening? What is fantasy land? So the bottom line is, you know, you got to be very realistic about what is happening. And you don't want to disconnect from reality. Okay. You want to know exactly at all times what's real and what's not. And there's a lot of people out there who see Harvey and that was a movie, but it's also real. Connecting dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. Now, if you're looking at notes, you'll see number 17. It says random and chaos cannot exist. You know, one of the problems with people who are libertarians, who basically, if it feels good, do it. It's none of our business or concern. You know, a true, absolute committed libertarian, they're never going to be in power because the entire world, on the average, on the whole, for the most part, people do not like things that are random. They don't like chaos. People need and want a meaning in life. They like order. And if they don't have it, they're going to seek it at all costs. So the problem with that is that a lot of people start to develop this lockstep mentality, you know, walking in lockstep. And you see that in everywhere in life. I mean, it, you know, it's like the scarlet letter. Oh, you wore pink today. Well, today was the blue day and we wore our vest today. And oh man, school. I mean, sometimes it's just brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Today we wore our white t-shirts and then you came in with a blue t-shirt because you didn't know today was white t-shirt day. So now you're ostracized, you know, it's just... And it doesn't make any difference if it's in high school or college or if you're out of college. You know, it's like going to a to a ball game and uh, you're wearing the opposing team. You know, you're 
except for in Tampa. By the way, just so you know, I can't stand 50% of the fans that go to a Tampa Bay Rays game, just so you know. We have the most disloyal people that live in the Tampa Bay area. If you go to a, a Rays game and you go when the New York Yankees are playing, at least 75% of the people are there cheering for the New York Yankees. It really sucks if you're a player. We were playing Montreal or who were, we, who were we playing? Minnesota. We went to a game recently. I swear to God, I think 25% if not more were cheering for Minnesota. This is our home team. Any people that live here, oh yeah, well I moved down. From, that's the problem. When you everybody moves from somewhere else, you know they, they just don't ever make Tampa the home. Okay, if you're living here, uh, how about becoming a fan of the team? And if I get it, you know, you want to see your team and support your colors, but geez, criminy, it sucks. It really does. I, I get everybody who plays on that team. I mean, those guys are, those guys are a-okay. The, the crap they got to put up is just not funny. So, hey, what did I just do? Emotions. Emotions cloud a vision. I just made some really broad, bombastic comments because I didn't like the people cheering for the other team. So I said 50%, 70%, blah, blah, blah. Probably isn't that high, but you bought it when I said it. But I proved the point. If you are a Tampa Bay Rays fan and you were at a game and you hear everybody, you get, you get fed up with that stuff. You know, there's a guy by the name of Thaler. And I'm not a big fan of his because he wrote a book and all about financial behavioralism, got a Nobel Prize. And that's fine. I mean, he did the academic thing to get a Nobel. You got to have a PhD. And in this case, it's piled higher and deeper. But we've known this stuff for 40 years. He just decided to write a book and however he got it, he got it squirt around. And the book is called Misbehaving and you really don't need to buy it because here's what it says. Basically, it says, Everybody says there are rational investors out there. Got news for you. There are not rational investors. The overwhelming majority of the investors out there are irrational. No matter what you do, they're irrational. Same thing has to do with uh, financial literacy. We've been trying to teach people money for years. Oh, we got to spend another $100 million teaching people money. No. If you want to teach people money, you got to make sure you start doing it when they're five, six, three, two. You got to get it really young. You got to have piggy banks. If you have a child that doesn't have a piggy bank, if you have a child that you're raising and you don't give them an allowance and make them do things and be part of the community, guess what? You're just raising someone who is just taking a random walk and an emotional walk and they're going to get whatever life is going to deal them. They're not going to have a millionaire mindset. They're never going to have a mature mindset because they're never going to be wealthy and financially independent. And since they don't have a pot to piss in, they're not going to be able to have a monumental mindset to transferring things down the line. That's a fact. Connecting Dots is brought to you by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. It's better because it's simple and works. Break the mold. Be different. So never make decisions when, you know, you're under a cloud of strong emotions. You just don't want to do that. People do the dumbest things when they're all emotionally jacked up. Now, with that being said, what do you do? You need to have a deliberative process. And if you get up in the morning and you sit down and you write, I am going to be very deliberative today. I'm going to methodically, you know, I talk about journaling. You actually write it down from your brain to your fingertips, through that pen to paper, into your eyes, back into your brain. You close the loop. It's one of the reasons I say when you when you take notes, you got to write. You got to write them down because you're not going to forget them. That's all there is to it. 
So with that, um, here's a couple of things. Imagine all of the consequences, all of the possibilities before you do anything. I mean, literally connecting dots, all of the possibilities that could occur. You want to know why some people get promoted in your bureaucratic organization? Because they're thinking very rationally. They're thinking of the possibilities. And the boss, yeah, that's pretty cool. They may not be as good as you doing whatever it is they're doing, air conditioning repair, okay? They may not be that good at repairing photocopiers or doing programming, but this is a person that knows how to connect the dots. They're deliberative. They're methodically walking through it. And they think of all the consequences, rational. Rationality, however, guess what? It's not a born trait. Being rational is something you have to learn over time. Every child, when they're born, is irrational. They want something, they cry, they scream. They don't know, right? It's acquired. It takes instruction. It takes training. It takes one hell of a lot of practice. So think for yourself, okay? And stop reacting to what everyone else is giving you. I have, I know people are parents. Kids screams, they react. Kids screams, they react. And they wonder why 20 years later, they can't get rid of this kid. Oh, the kid screams, you react. You, you train them for 20 years to be a pain in the ass. Sometimes you have to, hey, you know what? Learn to self-soothe. You can almost tell how a kid's going to turn out by the way the parent behaves in the very beginning. The kid cries, pick him up. Kid cries, pick him up. Kid cries. No, the kid's not going to kill himself. Let him cry himself to sleep. Let him learn to self-soothe. Read and make, the kid can't read. Hand him a book anyways. Let him look at the, look, let him look at the words. Read with them. Again, rationality is a born trait. It's learned over time. So think for yourself. Don't let other people, it's like this. You have, quote, friends. You know how much I like that word, friends. You have friends who are doing something. Oh, you know, we're doing this. Don't let them get into you. The friend who's constantly got problems, constantly dumping on you. I got news for you. Get out. Leave. Because emotions narrow the mind. The more emotion you are, the more trapped you are. You want to have a wide range of options. You want to know what exists. You want to evaluate all the strategies. That's what Minting Millionaire Mindset is all about. When you're a client of ours, I got news for you. We'll talk all about the quantitative issues and everything else. But you know what it really is? You know, I mean, we can go through the numbers. Oh, the tax code this and stocks this and all that. But you know what most people want from us? They want to be able to delegate with accountability to someone who is not going to screw them over. They're not going to make a commission. Is doing the right thing. They can sleep at night knowing that their money is being managed professionally by a fiduciary because they want to enjoy life. They want to focus on what is important to them, what they like, are good at, profitable, and can control. Okay, that's key. They want to be aware of all things that affect them. And they want to ignore a bunch of the crap. Yeah, we'll take care of that for you. And so minting millionaire mindsets and minting a mature mindset, once you've got it, that's just the next level. And then going beyond that, because we're going to give it to somebody. Again, I've got over 30 years of estate planning practice. I can tell you that's one of the hardest things. You know, I'm going to die. So what do I want to have happen? Do I want to just leave it as a mess for somebody? Or do I want to sit down and think it through? Most people don't do any estate planning, for example, documents, wills, trust, powers, attorney, all of that until they know somebody that died. Oh, I better do something. But they don't spend the time to go through, how do I do this? Okay. So bottom line is difference between being rational and being irrational. Now, one of the things we'll finish up here with, and before I do that, let me give you a quick item. If you have a comment or a question, what do you do? All I want you to do is I want you to call 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. If you do that, here's what we'll do. We will actually use your information. We're not going to give your identity or anything else, but you're part of the show. And we love when you're part of the show because we work it in, especially Mondays when we do all the questions. That's a key thing. So do that if you get a chance. 
And remember, if you want to become a client, call 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. And if you're angry at your advisor, agent, banker, broker, or financial planner, I get it. But anger is something that triggers bad judgments. You see, what happens is a lot of time, a prior event that caused you to be angry will then result in being popped up again. It's in the forefront. And then that item will influence your current decisions. And that, as a result, means you're unreceptive to what other people have to say. So for example, I can tell you without any doubt or hesitation, the biggest problem we have here at Fixed Cost Financial are the people who are aware of what a typical advisor, agent, banker, broker, dealer, or financial planner is all about. And you know that these guys suck because they all make commissions. People have a hard time articulating what a fiduciary is. I mean, really hard time doing it. But they kind of get the concept. They know right from wrong. And they know that assets under management, well, I know I'm told it's a fee, but they know it's a commission. They know it's a slow bleed commission. And so they're angry at it. Why am I paying more just because I have more? And that's our biggest problem because they associate us with these clowns that are out there. Now, there are studies at the University of California where they found that anger triggered by something completely unrelated affects how you make your decisions. That's why we talk a lot with our clients about meaningful discussions are absolutely critical, not just with us, but with the people in your life, taking time to really get a good handle on how things work. So there are irrelevant emotions that just simply, you just, it gets you completely off track. So here, here's a good example. You drink a really bitter cup of coffee. All coffee is bitter. You just can't handle it. You have a bitter cup of coffee and you were having a really bad emotional day. You were being chewed out by your boss. Now in the future, when you have a bitter cup of coffee and somebody's trying to explain something to you, you can't focus. You got to actually consider those kinds of things. So we have a couple of links online here, how to stop your emotions from clouding your financial judgment. Good article. There's also a link, don't let emotions screw up your decisions. Another really good article. And that one comes from the Harvard Business Review. So two real quick, simple things. I think you'll find of interest with that i think we might want to dance out of here oh stop talking we're done